the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness. The courtroom is packed. The case is a slam dunk. Not a shred of evidence was missed. The investigator did his job well and found every clue, every indication of the defendant's intentions, selfishness, and sinfulness. This case is airtight. The guilty will go away for all eternity. There's a large contingent of the fallen. They sneer and smile maliciously in thought of what's to come. Justice will be done. The prosecutor has everything needed to present the case to the judge. It should be over quickly. The evidence is overwhelming. The defendant walks into the courtroom beside his paraclete, the Holy Spirit, and unexpectedly he's clothed in a spotless robe as white as snow, a robe of righteousness. The fallen stand and point while shouting, Take that off! You can't wear that! But the robe remains. All rise. The judge steps into the room clothed in the same robe of righteousness. He sits on the judgment seat. The gavel is struck. Court is in session. The prosecutor opens and presents all of the damning evidence. There's no escaping. There's no question of the guilt. Now it's the defense's turn. No rebuttal is offered. Instead, Exhibit A is presented. The prosecution knew about it, but maybe didn't want to mention it. An account of the cross is read. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time, so that He might be just, and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Romans 3, 21-26 then an explanation is made of the great exchange that took place on Calvary. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the perfect Lamb, took on the sinfulness of the defendant, paying the full price, and then, as that wasn't enough, he attributed, he clothed the defendant with his very own righteousness, making the defendant perfect, as Jesus is in the eyes of God the Father. The courtroom falls silent. All eyes turn towards the judge, the creator of the universe, the Alpha and Omega. The gavel swings down, not guilty. The courtroom erupts into a cacophony of sound. Cheers are raised from one side as the defendant is ushered out of the divine courtroom, destined to live out eternity in heaven in the presence of God. On the other side of the courtroom is outrage. Another one got away because of faith in the blood of Jesus. That defendant is you and me. You have been acquitted. When Jesus went to the cross, he died for our sins. Our guilt is removed, but then he also covers us with his righteousness, which is a very good thing because... We can't dwell on God's perfect and holy presence without it. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Philippians 3, 8, 9. We have no righteousness of our own. We can't work hard enough to earn it, make enough of the right investments to afford it, or live well enough to deserve it. It is a gift given to us through faith. If I just try to be good, I'll never make it. I'll never be righteous. I'm going to slip up and fall short. Romans 3.23 says it, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Done deal. I can't do it on my own. Thankfully, God in His grace provided another way, His Son Jesus. So I get to stand in the courtroom with a mountain of evidence of my guilt and walk out righteous. All I have to do is accept by faith what Jesus did on the cross, and I'm in the clear. This is your very life. Because of what Jesus did, your life is now stored up in Him. 
A breastplate is a piece of armor like body armor or a bulletproof vest that protects the vital organs, the heart, lungs, stomach, etc. The breastplate of righteousness protects your vital organs, your vitality, your life. We often think of our emotions and feelings residing in our heart. The breastplate of righteousness protects our emotions and feelings, and it protects our heart knowledge. Sin is trying to penetrate and destroy your life. The devil's looking for a weakness in your armor or for you to let your guard down so he can shoot his flaming arrows and attack your feelings and emotions. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 4.23 According to a study, Emotion and Decision Making, decisions serve as the conduit through which emotions guide everyday attempts at avoiding negative feelings, that is, guilt, fear, regret, and increasing positive feelings, that is, pride, happiness, love, even when we lack awareness of these processes. Decision making is controlled by our emotions' attempt to avoid negative feelings and increase positive ones, which is great except when we are called by God to do something that may cause discomfort. Then our heart, where our emotions flow from, will try to avoid that situation. Our heart will try to avoid the will of God. This is why we must guard our hearts. This is why the breastplate is so important. Can you imagine walking into battle with an aluminum foil thin breastplate? You would certainly feel anxious knowing that your armor wouldn't stand up to the weakest of attacks. You'd be right. Our enemy is powerful and strong, and if we suit up with our own righteousness, we're doomed. You've maybe felt that defeat before. I certainly have when my weak righteousness faltered and I chose what I wanted to be comfortable over what was right, momentary discomfort. But there's great joy, joy that outweighs the rewards of seeking our own comfort available to us who persevere in faith. As a pornography addict for 20 years, I can well remember my decision-making being influenced by my emotions to avoid discomfort. In order to save my own skin, I would lie to avoid having difficult conversations and to ignore my own guilt. I feared what would happen to my marriage and the rest of my life if the truth came out. In short, I was doing exactly what culture tells me to, following my heart, and what the devil wants me to do, keep it in the dark. That is terrible advice. My heart is selfish and self-seeking. It played a large role in keeping me in bondage, along with my marriage and family, for 20 years. The heart is not meant to be the leader. Here's what the Bible has to say about the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Jeremiah 17, 9. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51, 10. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36, 26. These verses paint a picture of a heart that needs to be replaced because it is dirty and stubborn and will lead you astray. Do not follow your heart. The amazing truth is that God wanted you in his family so badly that he was willing to go to extreme lengths to get you an all-access pass. This was purchased through the blood of Christ. When Jesus comes out of the grave, he clothes you with his righteousness. And we didn't earn any of this. It is all a gift. Your sins were wiped clean, and you were covered with Christ's righteousness because of God's grace. This is so countercultural. We are led to believe by our culture that anything worth having, anything that we want, needs to be earned. But all the best stuff, salvation, righteousness, eternal life, are given freely. Amen. Don't get me wrong, God wants us to work hard, making the most of every opportunity, Ephesians 5.16, and working enthusiastically for Him, 1 Corinthians 15.58. Jesus offers parables about hard work, such as the parables of the talents, Matthew 25.14-30. But when it comes to salvation and righteousness, you could never work hard enough. Instead, it's freely offered to you. So we're off the hook. Just trust in Christ and stop trying to earn it. In this way, we strengthen our breastplate and protect our lives, keeping emotions from within our hearts from leading us astray in the pursuit of comfort. 
Knowing the truth about your righteousness strengthens your breastplate. Without that truth, you might feel your breastplate would never stand a chance. It would be difficult to stand tall and declare yourself righteous. But knowing the truth from Hebrews 10.14, For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. You can be confident in your breastplate of righteousness. It's Christ and his sacrifice that makes you righteous. Works don't make us righteous. They don't earn for us the right to be covered by the blood of Christ, but they should spill out from the overwhelming joy of what Christ did for us on the cross. That's a second kind of righteousness, our desire to do what is right according to God's will in our lives. Here are John Piper's words from Spiritual Warfare and Prayer. But I'm inclined to think it's something like Romans 6.13, which says, Do not present your members of your body to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Give yourselves instruments of righteousness to God. Might be the same as put on righteousness, that is, become a righteous person. We do not often live up to Jesus' righteousness. If we had to be honest, we fall short most of the time. Thankfully, we are clothed in his righteousness, so even when we fall short of the standard, we are still viewed as righteous by God the Father, thanks to the blood of Jesus. How awesome is that, that we were brought from death to life. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Isaiah 61.10 Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Psalm 51.12 Joy is not a knowledge, but a feeling, an emotion, and the heart is where we feel. Joy, like any other emotion, can fluctuate, but this core emotion, instead of fluctuating fluctuating based on what is happening around us, should only fluctuate based on how closely we abide with God. If we remain close to God and have an eternal mindset, salvation-focused, we experience joy, and our breastplate of righteousness protects that joy. The belt is the truth of our salvation, the helmet protects our understanding of salvation, and the breastplate protects the feeling of joy about salvation. This is how the pieces of armor work together. You need them all. It's not enough to just have the truth, but not understand it. For instance, I know the truth of how a gas lawnmower works. It's a combustion engine, which means little explosions propel it, but I don't have a very deep understanding of it. My self-propelled mower doesn't run very well. After I've been using it for a while, it won't start up anymore after I stop to empty the bag. I have the truth about how it works, but I don't understand it well enough to fix the mower. God's truth works in the same way. I have the truth, but I need to develop my understanding, my knowledge of that truth to apply it effectively in my life. I can do this by meditating, Joshua 1.8, or being taught, rebuked, corrected, or trained, 2 Timothy 3.16 in the Word. The more my knowledge and understanding grow, the more God's Word moves from just an instruction manual for life to words I desire and cherish, and the more joy I experience as I give God the throne of my heart. The stronger my breastplate becomes, the more able I am to keep God on the throne. Who sits on your throne?